Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. And as always, I'm joined in studio by my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy's how how's things out in Kentucky? Nuts. This week has been crazy. And I need I need the piece we're gonna talk about. Just been a crazy week. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, man. I'm still smiling, we're still going. Um you know, maybe, maybe I can't can't confirm, but maybe I left my work computer at home the other day and had to drive back. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Doctor Wife gave me the business after listening to our last podcast. Um, you know, all the goods, man. How are you? Well, I know she finally she she clued you in on what Mia culpa means, but I gotta say that wasn't our last podcast. That was a few weeks ago, so she's not caught up. No, she is because I, Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the other the other day, I'm sitting at work in my office trying to be productive because I'm nothing but a professional. At least that's what I tell people. Um, and then I get this text, and I look, and my wife, doctor, doctor wife, has sent me a text that is just the Wikipedia page for the word Mayacopa, so I can do my research. Um, I still haven't read it, but uh, so you still don't know what it is. Alexa told me the other night at dinner because I asked her, but then I forgot. So we're back at square. Oh, here we go. Mia Copa. Let me just hit the button here. A Latin phrase that means my fault or my mistake. Yes. So I I learned something this week, and also um, after that, shortly thereafter. I get a text that was, how do you not know who Frank Sinatra is? <laughs> and then I had to listen to Frank Sinatra at dinner the other night. So friend of the show, Dr. Wife, uh, gave me the business this week because of my lack of knowledge. As apparently it's, a, it's the common denominator for all friends of the show to give you the business. <laughs> it's, a pre- <laughs> it's a prerequisite. Records, you gotta you gotta own Andy before you can be a friend of the show, I guess. So, so how's your week been? Did we say that? Did I already ask that? No. Oh, good. It, it, it's it's all about you this week. <laughs> like I'm everywhere tonight. I I don't know whether I'm coming or going. So how how's your week been, bro? It's been good. It's been long, but it's been good. I'm uh. So it's a long week, and I'll be preaching a, a funeral this weekend, just just like you are. Yep. Not the same funeral, but uh, it's been tiring trying to to kind of sit with the family and figure things out. It's kind of a topsy turvy, if you will. They can't decide what they want to do, so I basically had to give them, "Hey, this isn't what I'm telling you what to do, but let's try this." And they're like, "Oh yes, thank you for making a decision." So. Look, as a kid and a young adult, uh, let's be honest, as a functioning adult, until I you know, took on the pastorate role, um, I didn't realize the amount of work that pastors put in, not only on an every, you know, every turn-of-the-mill sermon, but for special events, you know, Good Friday, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm faster so you know that day that christians don't celebrate but we hand out candy for um fall festival day that that's the word we'll use and funerals man 
It's yeah, not- funerals. Funerals are a lot. Yeah, because you have to manage your emotions. You have to manage their emotions. You have to, you know, you you really you never want to water down the gospel, and you don't want to preach someone into heaven. No, and and that's the situation I'm in now. I uh, there's there's no clear picture if he was a believer or not. I mean, he was raised in the church, but there's no nobody knows. So. You know, it's you don't want to preach them into heaven, but you also want to be cognizant. Uh, is that the right word? Cognizant, big yes, the week, big word. I'm coming in early and I'm coming in hot with it. Uh, but you want to be you want to be cognizant and tactful, um, towards the feelings of the family, yes. So, I mean, there's there's a without lying, without lying, yeah, with maintaining the truth, with maintaining, you know, doing it all in love. So, it's Man, I, I I just never realized how much it took until, till it took it. Yeah. So. Times. So it is. Uh, you mentioned peace. We're we're still in the second week of Advent when we're recording this. It is a time of peace. Um, as you and I think we we kind of sussed this out last episode. You're you're kind of a a newcomer to Advent in your spiritual walk and spiritual life, right? You, you didn't really grow up with it or know about it. Um, what's the what's the peace week mean to you? What, what kind of peace do you search for through this time? Or peace that you, uh, you lay up, you know, that you, you can rest in? Yes. Yeah, so, as, as I watch a dog climb up on your neck. Yeah, she, uh, special friend of the show, Cedar, coming in. When I say dog climbing up on his neck, I, I would ballpark this dog's about 40 pounds. This isn't a little lap dog. Yeah, no, she's she wants to be a little lap dog, but she climbs up on the back of the couch and sits behind my head. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I look back at those years of silence in the Minor Prophets. You know, yeah. Like well, especially Micah, that, those blank pages in your Bible. Yeah, and so I just I, I look at the silence and and the lack of peace, right? That the because they're just waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. Um and and now, you know, Christ has come, he was born, he lived, he did this, um, and, and then died and resurrected and has gone to to prepare a place. And so the the peace that I isn't waiting for you know, we're not waiting on a Messiah because he's come. Mm-hmm. Peace is knowing that, yeah, life is going to be rough and there's going to be challenges. Um, and and we're going to have a lot to deal with. That peace is knowing that it doesn't end when it ends. Yeah. The peace of knowing that he's came, you know, he's conquered, and he's going to come back. Right? And so... Yeah, things are going to get hard, and and God love Dr. Wife, right? She, anytime something remotely bad happens um, regarding our kids, right, or anytime there is an event that happens at a school, you know, her first instinct is, okay, we've got to figure out a way to pull them out of school. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to, and we're going to go through these events, and sadly, it's not going to get any better right away um but just the the peace that that we can have knowing that 
the world is only here for a short time. And so the troubles may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, that's a good word. That's the that's that's the piece that I get out of this Advent season. What about you? For me, I, I think it's the peace in knowing that we're still we're waiting for Christ's second advent. Yes, yeah. the, the the Messiah has come, but it's the holding, you know, holding steadfastly to the faith and digging our heels in and, and just waiting for his second advent. You know, I, at, at the church I pastor, I, I didn't preach through Advent this year. I just I kind of kept the schedule we had. And, and so I'll finish Ruth this Sunday and then I have one um one advent advent sermon the following sunday before christmas eve but i think about how ruth ruth was the perfect sort of is the i don't say perfect but it's a really good advent series you know because it is all that foreshadowing and and you know not just david's lineage but but jesus's lineage and the fact that you know in jesus's lineage is you know boaz's mother being rahab the harlot and the fact that, you know, David's great grandmother in Jesus's lineage is, you know, Ruth the Moabite, you know, this forbidden people. And I, I think about this time for peace. I think about like um, Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 11 starts right. Then a, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. And when I thought about that, finishing up Ruth and, and thinking about sort of the, the foreshadowing and, and of, of, you know, Boaz being the redeemer and the foreshadowing of, of Christ being our redeemer. And that this is truly then the, the beginning of, of Jesus's, um, you know, genealogy or not the beginning, but the meat of Jesus's genealogy where we're seeing the black sheeps of the family for about lack of a better term. Um, I'm about to get myself canceled. <laughs> good but, isn't that a movie with chris farley uh yes that is a chris farley movie good movie not as good as tommy boy the well, ultimate the best chris farley movie well absolutely i don't know that tommy boy compares to anything like it's just I mean, so, uh, there are not many words you're going to hear out of my mouth that a movie like tommy boy is a classic but i i could watch tommy boy tonight and tommy boy is a classic Look, I can watch Tommy Boy every day for the next two weeks, and I'm gonna laugh every time. Yeah. And when that when David Spade hit two by four across Farley's face, I lose it every. I don't. I'm sorry, tangent. <laughs> but dude, that's that's never not funny. <laughs> You're having an a, a an ADD night. So th- these verses, we'll, we'll table that for a second. But these verses, they give me hope. You know that that all this this prophecy, you know the the reign of the Davidic king, if you will, like this prophecy gives me hope as we wait through Christ's second advent. And when things feel heavy through this season, and and it's a heavy season for a lot of people, I, I don't 
I mean, I think we may have talked about this last week. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of, of secular Christmas. I, I like Advent. I, I love the story, and I, I I really enjoy preaching Christmas Eve and all that. But just the 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 have yourself a merry little Christmas. It's always messy, and I'm just not. I've never been a big fan of it, even as a kid. So the Christmas season, like Thanksgiving, has always been my favorite holiday. Oh, me too. Because there's no there's no expectations, right? You just get mm-hmm. to eat and hang out. Yeah. Some games, watching football, you know, yell that, go for a car ride, get car sick. That that was every Thanksgiving as a kid. Hope the fire department doesn't come. Well, see, we did our family Thanksgiving at the fire department. Like we rented oh. because it was a volunteer fire department ran out the building, so we were good. Um Go hedge your bets. We, like, we know what we're capable of. <laughs> the Ashburn, and we were wild. But now I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, just – but the Christmas season, the lights, um, the the togetherness, the, the mushy, gooey, happy-go-lucky family time. So, like, when I worked at Disney World, I was there for the Christmas season, and it got to me because I wasn't home. Sure. Well, and it's – it's the perfect time for nostalgia. It's the whole driving force of Christmas is nostalgia. So and I, it was my first Christmas away from home, and I was, like, I was down. And I remember um, what was then MGM Studios, but I think is now Hollywood Studios. They, in their, somewhere in that park, they do a, like, back-home Christmas where it's just like an everyday basic subdivision with Christmas lights and, you know, storefronts and all this, like you would see in a movie. But somehow they make it snow, like through the magic of Disney. And so, like, my roommate was like, hey, let's go to the park tonight. And I was like, dude, I don't want to go. Because it's two days before Christmas. Yeah. I'm not going to be with my grandmother. I'm not going to be with my mother. I'm not going to be with the rest of my family. You know, my girlfriend is back in Kentucky, who, by the way, is now my wife. Um, and so, you know, I good save, good save. Yeah, we hadn't been together very long, but we weren't engaged yet. Um, and so Jonathan was like, No, 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 we're going. I'm tired of you moping around because it was literally that through the month of December, I just wanted to go to work and come home. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything fun. And then we started walking. I just remember walking down the streets at Disney, you know, at the park and just crying as fake snow fell on my head. And what you don't know about me is like, I never went to Disney World before until I worked there. Yeah. So my first trip, I got off work, changed into street clothes, and then my roommate took me and like, I got to ride in the front of the the, the little train. I can't think of what it's called now. You know that train that takes you to Disney. I've, I've never been. The closest I've been to the park is where I've been with you to downtown Disney. Oh, so it's the it's like an Amtrak thing for lack of better. Uh-huh. And so they would let the little kids you could request, and the little kids would get to ride up front. And used to before they had some issues, like you could pull the, the lever to stop it. Okay. Um, and I waited in line, and I was. 21 20 or 21 something like that no it's 21 
21 year old with Mickey ears with my name on it. So what, what you don't know about Andy, what I discovered as I, I almost put my foot in the mouth when we were in Orlando is, is Andy is a, I can say this with all love. He is a quiet Disney adult. Yeah. He may not be in full costume like the women that I pointed out to you who were like 50 dressed as Cinderella and Belle in the princess dresses, but he's a quiet on the fringe Disney adult. But I have I have ears. Like we went on our honeymoon at Disney. So Did not, you? I didn't know that. Yeah, so not only do I have ears with my name on it, I've got the husband ears, so it's like the top hat with the Mickey ears. Yeah. That, uh, me and I, and then Dr. Wife has the the like the headband ears with the veil on it that we wore all around Disney. <laughs> I've got a stitch, a uh, hotel, uh, tower of terror, like bellhop hat. Mm. I have a Christmas tree hat that if the wires weren't shorted out, there would, it would light up and it has three <laughs> characters. Um, I'll, I'll take a picture of that and we'll post it on our social media. But I say all that to say, like there's something about the Christmas season and the lights that just get me excited for life. Sure. And so, like, I've always loved Thanksgiving, but this season where, you know, you're talking about how you the, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas and all that, like, you're not a fan. Five Franks, and but that is the best Christmas song. That's my favorite secular Christmas song sung by one Francis Albert Sinatra. So I've still not heard it by Frankie. Um, I will now only refer to him as Frankie, by the way. Um, but I will I promise you on my road trip tomorrow, um, I will. I will. So, can, can I pause for a second? When you sent me that text, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you sent me the text that when you showed me when your wife showed you Mia Culpa and you said she's also texting me about Frankie S, uh -huh. I assumed that was your elf on the shelf. <laughs> no, our elf on the shelf is Leonardo and Raphael de Sprinkles. But I couldn't remember. I assumed it was your elf on the shelf. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know that our kids found the second. They've, they've given up. No, no. Like, they were upset this morning because they couldn't find it. Um, one is literally in our Christmas tree, like, hanging off of the uh, the angel. Nice. Uh, and the other one is in the fireplace, like, <laughs> sitting on the wall. Sinner. Sinner. Just waiting to be engulfed. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. But the light. And I bring up because I want to. I want to transition to to when I think of peace, like the opposite of that is this movie I'm about to bring up. That is one of my all time favorites. Um, Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Like, There's no peace in that movie. Not at all. He's searching for it. No, Lord until, knows he is searching for it. Until the very end, I think there's some redemption in the very end. Um, after they kidnap the guy. And and that's know. all he wants is the, is the old-fashioned fun family Christmas. He wants the old-fashioned fun Christmas, and he wants the money for that daggum pool. A pool, uh, yeah. But, you know, when he finally, you know, he freaks out and goes off about the lights, and then all of a sudden he he puts them together and, like, Everybody loses power but him. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So we went and looked at Christmas lights this week. Oh, I, I could recite that movie. I, well, <laughs> not on here we can. No. <laughs> off the air. I'm right there with you. 
Um, so we went and looked at Christmas lights. We we took the it was Sunday. So I got home from choir practice and we loaded the boys and Cedar up and got in a, uh, Dr. Wife's van and grabbed dinner uh, and went to one of the parks here to drive through. It was awesome. And we're like, hey, there's a neighborhood up the road from our house. It's supposedly really good. Let's go. And we pulled in and we're like, oh, this is nice. And we're like, oh, that house up there looks pretty good. And so we drive. This house makes Clark Griswold's house look like a chump. Like I was talking around and the people that own this house, the power company had to come put a second meter on his house. Oh, heavens of Murgatroyd. Like, and I just, I told Ashley, I go, it's not even reading. It's just pegged. It's like the, the, in Christmas vacation when the dials are all turning and they, they got to shut the reactor down. I mean, it, you're going to have to just text Dr. Wife tomorrow and be like, tell me about this, this, cause she's got pictures. She's, and it's, it's just, and the pictures don't do it justice. But I'm pretty sure that, like the Great Wall of China, you can see it from space. <laughs> um, but yeah, just beautifully awesome. And I'm with you. Like, I like, so I'm not, I'm not one to drive in the neighborhoods to see the lights. And, and I may go through, uh, you know, they have the setup drive through. There's a, there's an amusement park near where I live and a, and a drag racing strip that they have a drive through lights thing. But when I, when I lived back in New York city and worked in New York, it, it always reminds me. So there's a, a Christmassy movie. It's not exactly a Christmas movie. It's a, I think it's a movie that takes place at Christmas that I, I really, really love the family man with Nicolas Cage. Yes. It's sort of a, What's that other that uh, it's a it's sort of a it's a wonderful life ripoff. But when he has that moment, like he gets out of work and he's kind of a jerk, but the snow starts to fall. And it'd be these opportune times in New York where I'd leave work and maybe it's snow, but not heavy and it wasn't super cold. And you get the smell because, you know, the street vendors would would sell chestnuts. You know, and like that uh, roasted on the, you know, right on these hot dog carts. And I go uptown and I'd go see the tree and I'd go see the windows and I'd do all the touristy stuff. But that would be it. Like I wouldn't go to see it. It'd have to be that perfect storm and I would enjoy it. But it, would, it was never at the top of my list. Like I have to go do these things and, and look at these things. It had to be everything had to come together and I had to finally have like, for lack of a better term, that Christmas spirit for a brief season, and I would go do all the the, the touristy nonsense. You're the Grinch, man. Like it, every so often, your heart will just grow five sizes. I'm and... I'm, I'm more Dickensian than that. I'm, I'm Scrooge. <laughs> oh, I was about to say I don't know what Dickensian means, but now I get it. It's Dick. <laughs> please, please calm down. <laughs> so, okay, what we're gonna do. Uh, it's the second week of Advent, so we're talking peace. So peacefully, peacefully, we're going to do a draft. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a draft, and I'm, you know, my idea, I get the first pick. You can go first next week for whatever we do. But we're going to draft Christmas movies. Movies? Movies. Okay. Draft our top five, assuming we can come up with them, because I know that I'll pick some of yours and you'll pick some of mine. Yeah. Uh, so top five Christmas movies. Okay. Okay. And so number one for me, we've already talked about it. 
I'm taking Christmas vacation. I think it's a Christmas. Solid. It's a good one. You, it's not Christmas without watching it. Yeah, I think it's a solid, solid pick. Very strong. Um, just one of those things that I can't, I can't say that it's Christmas time until I've watched it. Um, and I'll probably watch it this weekend. So what you got? What's your all-time, assuming I didn't take yours, what's your all-time Christmas movie? No, it, it's Christmas Vacation a strong one for me. But my all-time favorite Christmas movie, and I know um, it seems weird considering my profession, but it is Die Hard. Okay. Die Hard is my has grown on me that it's not Christmas until I watch Die Hard and I hear a little yippee kaye. <laughs> <laughs> took that took that early on. That would have been there. Like that is four, three. That, that nope. That's my favorite. I'm not drafting a punter in the first round. That's my favorite. All right. So I guess come after- out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> So I uh, I actually saw that movie for the first time in my life last year around Christmas time. I think I made you. You did. I think I, I I'm the one that I convinced you. I made you do it. You were yelling at me about it, and, I, and you know, Doctor White <laughs> yelling, like, yelling like I'm some Christmas monster. Wow. I'm Bel I'm Belschnickel. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. And so, but Doctor Wife was like, "Well, let's just watch it and see what it's about." Uh, we we both really liked it, so yeah, it's I can see where you're coming from. Um, and I know the debate happens like, is it really a Christmas movie? And I, to me, the debate is if it's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie, Die Hard is a Christmas movie because they both came out in July. They both around Christmas, but Die Hard, right? He's a he's an everyday guy. He's not really like a superhero. He's going home to see his family. Although it's not his home, but he's going to see his family. It all takes place at Christmas as a Christmas soundtrack. He's salvific. He's salvific. You know, I mean, he's the sort of the savior for them because he saves everything. He restores. I can never remember the guy's name, but he was the the dad on the Urkel show on Family Matters. He restores him back to. Carl Winslow. Yep. That man can only play a cop role. Yes. (laughs) A chubby cop. Yeah, that's all I can do. All right. So at number two. Um, this isn't a serpentine draft. You get number two. All right, you go number two. Oh, we can go serpentine. Go. No, no, no. Go. You got number two. I'm gonna go uh, elf. Oh, uh, elf's not a favorite of mine. It's not bad, but I'm I'm okay if I never see it again. That's up there with like Tommy Boy, where I'll laugh every time. Yeah. Uh, when I worked at Laborlink, that staffing agency, uh, friend of the show. Labor link in Terre Haute. Labor link in Terre Haute, man. You need a job, call them up. Um, but the, the president of that company, Todd, um, was talking to us, and he had a Buddy the Elf cutout that we hung in the window at Christmas time. Um, and then um, me and Jenny, the, the other lady that would sit at the front desk with me, we'd joke around. Every so often, we'd forget we were adults and professionals. Even though we're all we were well over thirty, um, and so we would people would call and we'd answer the phone. Uh, Laborlink, this is Andy. What's your favorite color? <laughs> and just, I mean, just stupid. So I love, love Buddy the Elf. And what's awesome is, as much as I love it, 
um, Dr. Wife will cackle like a little kid. Uh. She watches it, and then the boys both love it. And so it's a good movie we can watch as a family. It's good. I just, I think maybe if I'd have been a little bit younger when it came out, I mean, my kids liked it, but I'm like, if I never see it again, it's not, it's not a must see for Christmas for me. I'll say that. It's not like I avoid it, but if it's on, I'll watch it, but it's not a must see for me. So you, what you, what, what our listeners need to pick up on is I am the fun one and you are very serious. <laughs> yes. Cause my number two pick is a Christmas Carol. Oh, that's a good pick. I was gonna go that around four, so you took you took one off. But, but I have a favorite version of it. Like I like all the old original ones, but when I was a kid, okay. some point in nineteen eighties, they made a t- made for TV version with George C. Scott playing Ebenezer Scrooge, okay. and that has become my favorite one. But I also love Well Before My Time, and I I don't think I think that this cartoon has been canceled. They made a Christmas Carol with Mister Magoo. Oh yeah, and. And I have it on DVD, and it was a hard thing to get. I probably have the last version you could ever buy on DVD. But I just – I love A Christmas Carol. That's that's up there. So, yeah, I went – so this is this is how I know the movie A Christmas Carol. Um, Todd, for a Christmas party one year, again, friend of the show, Todd High and Laborlink, shout out, um, who's probably never listened to this podcast and never will. And <laughs> never will. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Todd because he's a good dude. Um, he yes. took us to, to Louisville and to Indianapolis, and we watched like a live action play of A Christmas Carol. It was awesome. Oh yeah, I've but seen other, a couple of those. Other than seeing it in a theater, the only version of A Christmas Carol that I've seen that I can remember is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, it's a good version. It is. It's with, it's with Michael Caine. Because I like Gonzo, and Gonzo's in the thing a lot. I saw the cartoon with Mickey, but that's a little, that's a little much. But I'm a, you know, the Gonzo, Gonzo, and you know all of them. It was, it was can't go wrong. Michael Caine plays a good Scrooge. He does solid. So, uh, what are we? Number three. Number three. Number three. It is not Christmas. Literally, Christmas Day. Because TBS runs the 24 hours. Oh, Christmas story. Um, yeah, I, I every Christmas morning, since I've been able to talk, I've woken up on Christmas, I have ran to the tree and opened my presents, turn on TBS with Chris, just to play in the background. And then it's the one, the one day a year that I was guaranteed mom was going to cook breakfast. When and then when I was younger, I lived with Memo. Memo would always cook like pancakes or something. Um, and then I w- would call my cousin, and we would take turns. Like I would talk to Sarah, and then Sarah would give the phone to Heather, and then I would mm-hmm. talk to their mom Claudia and their dad Donnie, and then I would hand the phone, and like everybody in the house would talk to everybody. Well, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? You know, we're, I'll see you in a few hours when we have our, you know, our Ashburn family get together. So, um, but all the while, a Christmas story is going on in the background and you just can't beat it. So when I think of Christmas Day, and I think it'll be awkward, I mean, good awkward, but awkward because Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So instead of taking my time and watching a Christmas story, I'll, you know, I'll be at church. 
which don't get me wrong, better. Um, I, I kind of get perturbed with churches that are canceling church services on Christmas morning, but I think th- I think there's a way you can do it and have grace. I mean, I think I think about friend of the show Bryce. They're portable in a school. Probably not going to be able to have service on Christmas because they don't have a building. And I think that in that case, you get grace. Oh, absolutely. But because you want to stay home with your kids, not a reason. That and that's where most that's where most of them are going to do it. And that is a hill I'm going to die on. So, oh, absolutely. All right. So, number three, what you got? So, number three for me is kind of a a weird one. It's this movie called Surviving Christmas. And has Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini, the mom from Home Alone, and Christina Applegate. And it's it's a trash movie, but I absolutely love it. Ben Affleck's like a... What's that? Oh, the Scrooge? Who did you... With George C. Scott. In in the Christmas Carol? No, no, no. Like right now... The Surviving Christmas? I said Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini... Tony Soprano. Oh, see, you said Feeney, and I went to Boy Meets World. Oh, no. James Gambolfini and uh, Ben Affleck's this rich kind of kid, and, and he kind of buys a, a family Christmas because he's kind of depressed. And it's a, uh, I don't know, it's a trash movie, but I absolutely love that movie. That's a, that's a definite Christmas must have. I have never seen it nor heard of it. No, a lot of people don't, but it's fun. I think you'd like it. It's called Surviving Christmas. It's on. It, it's streamable. I know that because I end up finding it every year. All right. Well, I have to, to check that out. Uh, number four for me is, uh, is something that's near and dear to my heart and is now my oldest son's favorite, possibly his favorite movie, period. The kid can quote it like he was in it. Um, and that is the original Home Alone. Oh, yeah, that's what that would have been. That's my next one. The original Home Alone. I mean, my nine year old, if Macaulay Culkin said it in that movie, my nine year old knows it. And so this is where I, I mirror George Costanza from Seinfeld because there's a part where George is watching, I believe he's watching Home Alone in Jerry's house and he's crying. And Jerry's like, You're crying watching Home Alone? And George is like, It's this old man. I can't. And that's me. The old man at the end the of the movie, I'm bawling, bawling like a child watching Home Alone. So much redemption in that old man. There's oh, absolutely. A of, there's a lot of leanings for the gospel in that. But that's one I could watch. I, I mean, I'll watch the second one if it's around, but I, if I never watch the second one again, it's fine. But the first one, the first one I'll make a, a point to watch. The second one, as far as sequels go, not bad. But once you get to the third and the fourth, like I'm done with them. Well, they're not even they're I mean, they're not even real anymore at that point. Those were directed video. It was it was they were horrible. Now I've watched them, don't get me wrong. But they were horrible. All right, what what you got a four? So my fourth one's gonna be a hard one. Um well actually, I think my fourth one is it's the chick flick. My fourth one's gonna be Love Actually. Is that a Christmas? I think love, it takes place at Christmas. It's got a lot of Christmassy stuff. It came out at Christmas. Well, I think it's considered a Christmas movie. And I just like that. Well, it's two things. There's a lot of things going on. Um, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of characters and plot points that they all kind of interchange really, really well. I, uh, I, I like Hugh Grant movies from that era. And I also believe that Laura Linney's a national treasure and I will watch anything with Laura Linney in it. So love actually is my fourth one. All right. So I was sure that you would pick one of my two that I had for five. So since it's my game, really I had three at five. Uh, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do five A and five B. And then All right. one of mine are yours, then you can have one of them. Okay. Um, but 5A, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yeah, it's good. I don't have. To, I, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. And 5B, The Grinch. So which Grinch? Jim Carrey. No, absolutely not. Now I'll watch the the last one they did, the animated one that Scott Mosier directed with Benedict Cumberbatch doing the voice that looks like the original Grinch, the animated one. I'll watch. I'm down for that. Like the, the new Jim, one done? The, the one that was done like four or five years ago, the, yeah. the animated one. I'll watch that. The Jim Carrey one is just, I feel like I'm on drugs when I watch that thing. I just, I can't deal with it. So I was, I got stuck down a rabbit hole this morning. Um, and I was reading or, or not reading. I was listening to this guy talk about how all the Dr. Seuss books and stories are kind of related. Yeah. I've read something or I've heard something so, like that, that they all interchange. If you look at Sam, I am from green eggs and ham, he's trying to get you to, to eat green eggs and ham. And a lot of people think that, Oh, that's just either rotten ham and right. eggs or dyed green. But what if, okay, that ha that green ham isn't pork ham, but it's some like mythical creatures meat. Well, the whether the the who's eat the who beast? Yeah, and so roast, roast beast. It was roast beast. And so, what if you know he hates that season because? His kind has been hunted for years. For oh, you, you got conspiracy theories through the Doctor. Maybe Seuss the thing. Grinch wasn't the bad guy. Maybe the people of Whoville are just nuts. I, I think that the 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 whole Whoville was gentrified, and they just came in and pushed him out of his own community. So it's Denver. Yes, it's Denver. It's. Uh, it's every it's every hipster city. I'm not saying every other hipster city in America. It's every hipster city in America. All right. Oh, you speak. Well, wait. I got I got a rabbit hole, but really quick. Last Saturday, I I speak and and my praise team and I play at, at a church doing a Christmas worship night in a historically black neighborhood in Denver, right? And, and this church is still historically black, but this neighborhood nobody would this neighborhood has gentrified hard and fast. Like there's, you know, there's, there's hipster coffee shops. There's a, there was an amazing black owned coffee shop in this neighborhood, but there's like four hipster coffee shops and all this stuff. And I park in front of this house and she has all these, I, I'm assuming it's a she, she has all these uh, really obscene political signs in her window, but then has candy cane lights around their little yard and these two flags that say Yule on them with a wreath. 
But when I look close in the center of the wreath is like a pentagram drawn in dip, dripping blood. Three doors down from this church that got warm and we opened the windows and we're all singing like and playing like Christmas hymns and, you know, preaching the gospel. And I thought, this is gentrification. That's nuts. Where do you buy a Christmas sign with a wreath with a blood dripping pentagram in the middle? I don't even, I'm not even going to search for it. I might. But, <laughs> I don't don't do it. Don't do it. So what's what's your number? So your number four, that was your fifth one was the Grinch, right? Yeah, the Jim Carrey Grinch. 5A, 5B. 5A and 5B. Um yeah, I'd be down. I, I'll watch the the like I said, the animated Grinch. I think my fifth one, because I, I think about these are movies I, I have to watch like every Christmas. And although not necessarily a Christmas movie, but does take place at Christmas and, and has some Christmas feel to it is that Nick Cage movie. I talked about the family man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably my fifth Christmas movie. Like I got to watch that. And then I'm a sucker for watching whatever flavor of the week Hallmark Christmas movie is. Cause I do have a bucket list to write a Hallmark Christmas movie. Cause I think I could do it in about a week. Just write the, Write it and change the names in the city, and you're fine. Well, Hallmark Christmas movies are always this: small town girl goes to the big city, big career, and she has to. She comes home and finds out that the big cookie company's got grandma's cookie recipe, or her family Christmas tree farm is getting too much competition from the other Christmas tree farm, and she falls in love with him. It's always some nonsensical thing where she's always big business executive in the big city and comes home and. You know, because there's lucrative money in grandma's Christmas cookie recipe or, or Christmas tree farms. You know, big city girl comes home, there's a knock at the door and it's, you know, country bumpkin Joe. And he's like, oh, hi. Uh, 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 it, I didn't know Miss Sally's granddaughter was going to be here. But he's also the prince of some fictitious European country. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, uh, we bring her farm fresh eggs because we just love her every, every week. And then I, I shovel her 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 driveway and you're you're gonna come to the parade because i you know i'd love to see you at that parade. so now your your sort of hillbilly take on this hallmark movie makes me think that they've got grandma buried in the backyard and they're about to hit her over the head with a shovel there is a decent chance i mean that'd make the movie better <laughs> it wouldn't be on hallmark you know one that that i i I don't know why I'm shocked that we neither one of us said, but it just came to my mind. That's an interception. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. I've seen so many Ernest movies, but I, he annoyed me, you know, when he was big in the 80s. And so I don't know if I've ever seen I probably have, but I don't remember it. Don't work for this weekend. No, no. No, no, watch it. I need you to watch it, Ken. The other must-have for me is I, I really I watched the Charlie Brown Christmas, oh, and right. I really I really liked the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because I, I was a sucker for claymation and all that stuff when I was a kid. Still am. The one where uh, he's got the annoying sound when his nose lights up. Yeah. Oh, dude! I, I looked for that the other night because I want to watch it. Like I, a little squeak. Old school TV Christmas specials. Yeah. The the original Frosty, the original Rudolph, or I say original. They're from the, the late sixties. Um, they got played every year on CBS and ABC. 
Mm-hmm. It pushed family time, and I was for it. So what's the one thing? What's the one thing, Andy? Not not just in your house or building traditions with your kids and your wife and your family, but what's the one thing that you have to do to make it Christmas? Like it's not Christmas till it's done. Like the one thing, like it's not going to be Christmas till you do it. Could be food, could be something, could be a show, songs. If it's that Mariah Carey song, you're canceled. I'm looking for a new co-host. I mean, that's, we'll take applications from my replacement, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm calling Bryce. He's way smarter than both of us. That's probably good. Uh, so, Christmas music, right? Yeah. And, like, and I, I joke, because I do, that Mariah, I don't like a lot of Mariah Carey. There are like three Mariah Carey songs that I like, uh, and that's one of them. I think that might be the only Mariah Carey song I can name. I have some nostalgia from when I was a preteen, um, but I can't. We, we just can't go down that rabbit hole because my musical choice when I was in middle school, um, you will not be my friend if we go down. So it's a lot of Johnny Gill, 90s R&B. It's just, we'll have this talk off air. Um, but Christmas music, right? Just in general. And I don't mean like early November Christmas music. I mean like when the good stuff starts playing, like two weeks before Christmas and the radio stations like, screw it. Um, We're going to play Christmas music a little more often. And so I remember the station and it's still on here in this area, but WBKR is a country station. Uh And when they started playing Christmas songs, and when I think of country Christmas songs, um, Vince Gill do you hear what I hear? Yeah. Do you see what I see or whatever? Maybe it's both. Um, but that, and when he said, sings the duet with his daughter of Let There Be Peace on Earth, like that is Christmas to me. Yeah, that's a, I could see that. That's a good one. So I think, thinking of country, country Christmas songs, like I, I'm not a big fan of secular Christmas songs as much. I mean, I, I do like the hymns, like, you know, and I'm weird because my favorite Christmas song is Come Down Long Expected Jesus, written by, you know, shout out to the Methodists. It's a Wesley written song that's in the uh, Baptist hymnal. But uh, it is Frank Sinatra's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which I can't say that Closer to Christmas brings a tear to my eye. But like, as I've lived out here, the, the time on and off that I've lived in Colorado, that have really, and although not necessarily country song, but country esque, is I've really fallen for the uh, Colorado Christmas by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and when I hear that song, like it just it makes me feel it's Christmas time. It's okay. No, that is that's a good song. So I think my favorite Christmas songs. Um, so growing up, my grandmother would cry. She could not, I mean, she loved the song, but she couldn't listen to it without crying as I'll Be Home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Another good Frank Sinatra song. Um, well, I don't know if it was by him or not, but anyway. But he's he's recorded. I'm sending you a Christmas playlist. Could you? On Spotify. Send it to me tonight, and while I'm driving tomorrow. I will. To the funeral, I'll listen. But, and I could never understand, and I couldn't figure it out, like why she was so sad. Um, but my uncle, her son, was in the Air Force, and so there weren't many Christmases he was home because it was either he would get Christmas off or he could give people under him Christmas off. 
and he was a good boss, so he would give his underlings off. Um, and so we would do Christmas a lot of times in early January here. Like I remember when he was stationed in Okinawa, there were just a couple of years that he just didn't come home. Sure. Expensive, right? You're on the literal other side of the world. Um, and then I remember being in Florida that, that year and hearing that song. And then when we lived in Iowa and I did, because then we, at that point, we alternated Christmas with uh, Dr. Wife's family. Um, and so now I understood why she was crying. Because, you know, sometimes you don't get to come home for Christmas. And so, But you're there, yeah. if only in your dreams. And so now I think of her with that song. And that gives oh, yeah. Me, you know, memo with my person. Mm-hmm. But I think my my all time favorite Christmas song, uh, it's, a, it's a poem put to music that Casting Crowns did. But uh, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Yep, that's a good one. That is probably my favorite Christmas song. Um, I listen to it often. Well, I just texted you uh, not a playlist per se, but it's a Frank Sinatra Christmas album with all all his best versions on it. And so your homework if you choose to accept it, is to listen to those Frank Sinatra songs. And, you know, if Frank Sinatra sang or recorded All I Want for Christmas is You, it would by far be superior to Mariah Carey's version and he'd just make her another $15 million. I mean, you're probably not wrong. And granted, I'm, I'm, I'm not old enough to have enjoyed Frank Sinatra records and buy them in the stores, but I think it is a product of where I grew up. I was about to ask, like, was he big when you were younger? Because I literally know nothing about Frank Sinatra. I mean, he was big, like, in the in the 40s. He came out of a big band and then, you know, probably was still recording. He was still recording until he, you know, probably into the 90s. I'm but all those old classics. When I when we talk about, I, I just see a mobster. Well, there's that. They're, they're, they're sort have, of. That's what I have in my head with, with Frankie. There are sort of ties to that. I always think that, I think that, uh. Johnny Fontaine in the first Godfather is supposed to be based on Frank Sinatra. I also think of, uh, oh, come on. I was just, just saying it. Oh, I think of Bon Jovi when I think of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, because, the it, you know, the the Jersey Italians, the, the trinity of Jersey Italians, Bon Jovi, Sinatra, and Bruce Springsteen. He did a song that... Uh, it's my life. Oh, uh, Frankie did it because Frank Sinatra had a song called My Way. I did it my Frankie way. Frankie said I did it, which is why I refer to him as Frankie because, you know, like Frankie said I did it my way. So, yeah, I, uh, that's, that's what I attribute Frank Sinatra to. So, is that wrong? Probably. Well, we'll see. Listen to that tomorrow. See what you think. I can, you watch Ernest. We'll call it a day. All right, we'll, we'll, I'll do that. I will watch Ernest. You listen to Frank Sinatra. You're getting the better part of that deal. So, Andy, what's uh, how are you going to finish out this week? Looking for peace. What's what's the what? You get the last word, brother. So, you know, both of us are spending part of our weekend at a funeral, right? You're mm-hmm. Saturday morning. I have one tomorrow, um, early afternoon, and so my piece uh, is I is just that it is an assurance like i i will be at total peace tomorrow at this funeral because i know that my man 
um, that was a, a resident at a company that I worked at before, um, that he's, he's at peace. Yeah. Amen. Resting with Jesus. Amen. So we can, we can weep for our time here that he's not with us. Um, but he's not feeling that, that thing of death. Right. And so my peace is just that, that, that he's at rest and that when my time is called or, you know, we get our second advent uh, of Christ and he comes like a boss that, that, that peace will be, you know, come to fruition. Amen, brother. That's a good word. Well, if you want to reach out to us, maybe you've got your your top five Christmas movies. Uh, I do think that the the matchup between Christmas Vacation and Die Hard would be a good one. It's a tie. Um, we're just going to put it at that because they're both pretty. Oh, they're, they're both different. up there for me. They're both different, but they're up there in their own way. But if you want to share your favorite Christmas movies or songs, you could do that on Twitter. We are on Twitter at Hill Hipster Pod, or you can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Andy, it's been fun, as always. Real, my man. It's been real. Hoping you have some peace. And just for everybody out there, be blessed. That's right. Hey, y'all be good. We'll talk to you soon. We love you.